welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. In the scripture is around the words of Jesus. You must be born again, born of water and the spirit. And that's part of the baptism sacrament that we'll have today. But I want us to take a look at Ephesians 2, especially the last few verses here. So, starting at 19, then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Have any of you been to Ephesus? Just briefly. Anyone been to Ephesus? You've been to Ephesus? Very good. So if you've been to Ephesus, you realize that it is um, by the coast, but it's also not right on the coast. It's a bit up on a hill, right? And in Ephesus, uh, we have a lot from the scriptures about it in terms of the Ephesians. So we have Paul being in Ephesus. And we have in the book of Revelation the letter to the seven churches, the first one being Ephesus. And I want us to think a little bit about Ephesus, unity, and what the word says to us as Americans living in this city, Washington, D.C. So in Ephesus, Ephesus had a very large temple. And I mean large, large temple to Artemis. So when the scripture talks about you're going to grow into a holy temple in the Lord, the Ephesians would be thinking about the temple of Artemis. And what is this temple? What did the temple signify? Well, the temple is one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. If you've been to Rome, you've seen the Pantheon, it would have been like the Pantheon in its days. People would come from miles around to see the temple Artemis. And what was Artemis? Artemis was a temple of healing. It was a temple of fertility. And it was a temple of gross sexual immorality. And so, being on a weekend, if we were to visit Ephesus in its days, and we were to visit the church in Ephesus, it might remind you of being on a modern, secular, American college campus. The weekend has started, drinking and debauchery will begin. And this was Ephesus. What else was Ephesus? It was a bank and loan center. If you wanted to do commerce, there was a big square in Ephesus that you can see. You had to incense yourself to the gods to enter, enter into this place to do commerce. So in many ways for the Ephesians, the message of Jesus was a costly message. It was a message that had implications for how you did commerce. It was a message that had implications for how you related to others. And that's true of the scriptures today as well for us. It's a message that has implications for how do we live our life. 
And so I want to invite us with the time we have to think about as Christians where we're called to this blessed unity in Jesus, this circumcision not made by hands, but made in the spirit. What does it mean for us in our lives to be a temple, a holy people? And part of that is to think a little bit about what are the temples in our society today? What are the temples that call for our allegiance, that call for our time? It was interesting that our gospel lesson was the feeding of the 5,000. If you notice, the disciples are exhausted, right? How many times does God come to us when we are exhausted, when there's no more time? when we are at our wit's end and ask something more of us. Why does that happen? Why didn't Jesus wait to uh, talk about the food at the beginning? Why is it at the end? And this is related a little bit to the scriptures of the Ephesians. When Paul goes to Ephesus, a city of about 200,000, he finds 12 Christians, 12 people, a small little Antidote, a small little witness against this massive temple. And it's because the, the scriptures of the gospel and related to Ephesus and the Ephesians and the letter is that as Christians, we are asked to be open even at our most exhausted. We are asked to be open even when we don't have much power because God's power is made perfect in weakness. And that's just not... A, a symbol, it's not just a nice thing we say about our faith, it applies to our day-to-day -day lives. So I want to just take a moment to, to go back to Ephesus and we'll go back to the scriptures. In the book of Revelation, we see these words to the church in Ephesus, these words of Jesus. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the work of the Nickelodeons, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So we have a lot from Ephesus, and from that I want to draw our attention to the words of Jesus of the first love. You have forgotten your first love. What would that have meant? Paul goes to Ephesus. He goes to a synagogue, city of 200,000 people. There is a synagogue, one place that even worships the true Lord. He finds 12. He stays there two years and preaches. In this letter, which we'll go on to see, put on the full armor of God, the unity of the faith, walk in the way of love. It doesn't contain many, like the other epistles, many uh, something's really wrong with how you live life. So as Christians in our day, we can think, well, you know, do we do the things of faith that call for us to walk in faith? Okay, maybe we do all those things. But Paul in the Ephesians, in related to the, um, Jesus to the Ephesians, says, remember your first love. So what, what would that have meant? 
to remember your first love in this temple, in this whole environment that was worshiping something else, where it cost you something to be of your first love? Well, a few implications. One, it meant that you had to be open to all people. You had to be open to all people, and you had to love those people, and you had to connect with those people, and this would have been in an environment that demanded much else from you, right? So here we are in Greater Washington, D.C. Our temple, right? Our temple in Washington is the temple to democracy, right? And yes, Christianity had a lot to do with this temple, but we still have to ask ourselves, where is our first love? Are we, are we the people who in our tiredness and in our day-to-day -day are willing to still be open to other people? Are we willing to involve ourselves with people who aren't, aren't like us? Are we willing, when we are at our most tired, to extend ourselves for our neighbors? Are we willing to do the work of healing that God has already made possible in the life of the cross? Are we willing to relate to other Christians well? And these are the sort of questions that I believe Paul would ask of us, just as he pushes us into this letter for the Ephesians. So going back to the scriptures, you are no longer strangers and aliens. You are fellow citizens of the saints and the members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So here we are, letter to the Ephesians. Paul is saying that your former identity is now being made into a new temple, right? That even though this may cost you, this is not in the scriptures, but if we look at the context, it may cost you your commerce, it may cost you your reputation, it may cost you your sense of well-being in this city, you are actually a one people, you are a new people. In essence, a new temple is being built in Ephesus, a temple that will displace the old. And you can think this is quite incredible. By this point, the church in Ephesus, 100, 200, maximum maybe 500 people, this small group of 500, their life in Jesus will displace the temple for which the city is known. The temple gets sacked, the temple is never rebuilt. Never rebuilt. You go to Ephesus today, you cannot see the temple. So in the annals of Rome of that day, um, you know, if we ask what was significant that happened to you this year, they would have talked about wars and, and the claims of war. Very similar to if we look at the papers today. What's important? What happened this year? What are the things of the news? And yet in God's economy, this temple being built with the Christians, being built with the people, being built in kindness, in the forgiveness of enemies, in the putting aside of idol worship, in the love of the true God, in the joy and simplicity of their faith, which was to be marked by love. This temple was going to actually overturn Ephesus. And what? Over the course of the centuries. And so in our day, we have to ask ourselves, as we get into the baptismal vows, and you yourself will be asked to recommit your own faith, you have to ask yourself, where is your own first love? This is the teaching of Jesus to the Ephesians. And you have to ask yourself, not only where is your own first love, but what sort of work, what sort of work of the temple does God want to build in your own life? For many of us, most of the tensions that come with living out the Christian life come with family, come in internal relationships, long-standing things that are hard to heal. 
And yet Jesus calls us back to our first love. That tiring work. The work where, Lord, I've done it all. Lord, we've been ministering to these 5,000 all day, and now you are asking me to feed these 5,000? I don't have the means. I don't have the equipment. I am not ready. And yet in that very moment, Jesus says, yes. When you are at your most tired and you've done all the things that I've asked you to do, will you trust me with your weakness, which is a word to us for Christians in Washington, D.C.? Will you trust me with your weakness so that a holy temple might be built in your life? And as part of the family that we come together as a church and celebrate a welcome of a new life in Christ, these are the things that we are celebrating. The work of the temple that will displace the work of the world. And that is still true of us in the United States. With our sins, with our difficulties, with our own idols, Jesus is still asking us, what about your first love? What about me? And will you do that hard work? And this is the work that Paul writes to the Ephesians, this small church being asked to form a new identity in Christ. And with the baptismal service, we get that opportunity. So as we go through that, let us renew our own hearts in faith to Christ and trust him with our weaknesses that a new temple might be built in our own relationships and in our own city. Amen.